Welcome to the Engage Church Duluth podcast, where together we are learning to love God and people better. You'll find links, notes, and insights that go along with this episode at the link in our podcast description and on our website at engagechurchduluth.com. We're so glad you're joining us today. Good morning, everybody. I'm Pastor Josh. This is Engaged Church. In case you didn't know, if you wanted to be uh, getting pizza this morning, that's upstairs right to your right over there. But no, it's great to have you guys here this morning. How's everybody doing? All seven of you are awesome. That's great. want to welcome everybody watching on Facebook Live here this morning. It's great to have you. Uh, it is cold outside. I don't know if I need to tell you that, but it really is this morning. Um, just this video that we just watched, I just want to share... Very briefly on this, listen, there is no human being on this planet that has all the answers to your financial needs and, and how to do that. I, I, I promise you, you know, scripture really gives us a good guideline there. But I will say in my own personal life, this Financial Peace University, when I got married, um, my wife and I went through it. We've been through it one other time since. We just went through it with a couple. Um, it, it was just kind of an exciting thing. Um, it has really impacted our, fan, our financial life. And it's not that it means that, you know, dollar bills fall from the sky or we have any more in our pocket kind of thing. It's just on how to manage our finances. One thing that I've learned in life is people are funny about money. And when money's tight, it's tough. It's just tough. It's tough to get excited. It's tough to, it's tough to be generous. It's tough to be who we're called to be as believers. And if we're non-believers, it can even be even more devastating. You know, we don't really have a lot of hope in that, that area. And so I would just really encourage you guys to think about this, pray about it, and see if that might be something for you to go through. What I like about Financial Peace University is, us, is this. Number one, you learn a little bit about your finances. And I just think... The church, th this whole series that we're in, I'm going to get excited this morning, that's just what's going to happen. The local church, we have to be more about finding the solutions and being the people that are showing the solutions to some of these just difficult things, relational things is what we're going to talk about today. Um, we talked about, you know, loving, uh, we're going to be talking about loving the poor. We talked about loving the widows and the orphans. This is what Christ has designed the church to be is an image of what that looks like through those, through those times. And so if we could be a group of people that just work on and find a way to advance in our finances, to get healthy in that area, we'll be a long head of the road of many other people, and there's going to be some joy that comes along with that in our life. I truly believe that. So this isn't like some kind of a prosperity message, you know, plant the seed and like all this is going to happen. That's not what I'm saying. I'm talking about us living with self-control, right? Trusting in God and, and following his design for our life in all areas, surrendering our finances and our hearts to him. I just believe that this will impact people around you, Amen. And so I really want to encourage you guys to consider this. The thing that I love about the Financial Peace University is that it's not just another class to go through. You're also going to be uh, meeting people and you're going to be in relationship. You're going to get to know some people that you, you serve with or you go to church with or that's in your community. Uh, uh, we have a great couple that actually uh, heads up this class. It's Leah and Rick Richard. They have, yeah, they, um, you know, 
Rick is the looks, Leah's the brains kind of thing, that type of deal. Um, but, you know, they're just a great couple, and this has impacted their life, and they just want to share that with everybody. So I believe that God wants to change your world in 2019 and the years to come. But we have to take steps to allow him to do that. And so if that's for you, I just want to put that plug in there. Um, I, I think it's very, very important. It's not just another class to go through. I really believe it can help you uh, become healthy and be a positive impact in your life. Amen? All right, there was my commercial. Now it's on to uh, one other thing that I want to talk about. And thank you for coasting along with me here this morning a little bit. Um, Many of you know this, uh, that this took place, and I don't want to give too many details because it's not my place to give these kind of details, um, but we had uh, Aaron Haller is a police officer in town. He also drums for us quite often. He's been coming to this church, him and his family, for, oh, I don't know, like four years now. They were around in our preview services. In fact, that's his drum kit that um, at some point, I think we got to give him a check for that or something, but he just keeps letting us use it. So, um, you know, he's just been a blessing to our ministry. And this past week, or, or maybe, yeah, this past week, um, he, he's a K-9 unit. Um, you guys have also, through the years, if, you're, if you've been here for a while, we've actually raised money to support the K-9 unit. Um, that's just something that we want to do to give back to our community. Um, he was on a call to a domestic violence call, and there was a shooting that took place. The suspect started shooting, and the canine was shot, protecting his handler. And Aaron was also shot with non-life-threatening injuries. Um, I've had an opportunity to connect with him not very long. He's, you know, I'm sure there's reporters and there's people trying to get a hold of him, and it's kind of a big story in town. So I know that a lot of you know about that, and this isn't the time to... You know, if you feel compelled, maybe send him flowers or whatever. But I know Aaron, and, you know, he's not Mr. Macho Man or nothing, but I don't think flowers is, like, what really what's going to make him feel better. We do have a card back there on the table, and we just want him to know that his church family's thinking of him. He knows that there's a lot of support. Some of you have emailed him already. Some of you have texted him, maybe called him on the phone. Um, but that's back with Andy on the information table. And even if you just write your name, you know, just something to show somebody in our community what a, what a job he has to be a police officer. And, you know, you're, you're going to a normal kind of domestic call, and the next thing you know, you're getting shot at. And, and Haas, his canine, what, a, what an incredible hero that dog is. I mean, uh, it's, it's just incredible to see how those dogs are trained and the service that he had. And there was a nice, uh, you know, uh, what do you call that, percussion or parade or I don't know what you call it. But anyhow, there was, uh, there was a lot of troops that honored him. Sorry if I messed that up, but you guys follow. Um, and just, uh, I just want to pray for him and his family. I think that's important to take this time out. So if you're new here today, I'm sorry that we're doing something kind of focused on somebody here. Um, don't, don't be weirded out by it. We just love people, and we love people that we do life with, and we want to support them. So let's pray for him. Lord, we love you. We thank you so much for who you are. Um, we, if we just don't know, your word even says that sometimes uh, evil things happen to good people, and good things happen to evil people. And uh, we just don't know why sometimes. Uh, it's hard for us to understand. But what we do know as we grow closer to you is we understand that you are God. Your ways are higher than our ways. You were, you are, and you always will be. And you promise that through faith in Jesus, we can have a life with you. And that's encouraging here this morning. That's the whole reason we gather to worship you and give you the glory. We want to step closer to you today. And one of our friends, one of our family is hurting today. They have a loss. 
of somebody that was very, some, something that was very special to him, a dog. It was protected him and was family to him. And who knows? And so we just want to lift up. We, we thank you for Haas and how he served us, our community. He gave his life doing what he probably just loved to do. Um, and then we also just lift up Aaron. And we know that he has a loss, but also just uh, who knows the emotions that go through. You know, once you've been shot at, I'm sure you're not excited to get back in that uh, trooper car. And whatever he's dealing with, Lord, we just want to, in whatever way we can, we just want to support him. Let him know that he's loved dearly. I know his immediate family is doing that right now, but also his, his church family. If they want to come around him and show him love. And so uh, we just thank you for giving us an opportunity to love on Aaron. We appreciate him. We lift him up to you today. Pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Awesome. Well, interestingly enough, you know, we are in a conversation on how to neighbor. How to neighbor. You know, there was a, uh, this religious leader that, that knew God's law, and he comes up to Jesus, and, and he says, you know, I get it. You know, you're supposed to love your neighbor, but who's my neighbor? And you think that Jesus would have answered and said, like, oh, you know, it's Billy, it's Sue, it's like whoever's like around you kind of thing. But he doesn't. He starts to, he starts to tell a story on how you should neighbor. So, so the, he was kind of showing him that you're asking the wrong question. The question isn't who your neighbor is because everybody's your neighbor. I'm calling you to live a life that is generous, that is service. I, I'm calling you to live a life that, that is so radical and loving towards me and loving towards others that the question isn't who your neighbor is, it's how you neighbor. And so we've been just talking about some things. The, the first week we talked about, you know, how to love our neighbor. We talked about this man that was beat up and in a ditch, and, and this man came by and bandaged him up, took him to the inn, and just took care of him. Didn't know much about him, but he, but he got over his differences. The, the, uh, uh, we talked about racism, being reconciled, and who we're called to be, that it's not about who we are, what gender we are, what kind of skin we are, but that we are called to love and love passionately and deeply. And we talked about widows and orphans last week, that we were called to lift them up and come around them and, and, and pray about that. And um, I'm, I'm excited to see what God does with some of you in that, in that area. Um, if you weren't here, you know, it's okay. You, you, you're not, uh, we're going to dive right in and, and be able to, oh, thank you. I don't know where you found that. I lost my Bible this morning, but we were going to be okay. I just admit it to you guys when I make mistakes, because we all do, but... I was running around earlier today, so thank you, Sarah. Um, but yeah, so today what we're talking about is how to neighbor the lonely. How to neighbor the lonely. And as I was looking into this, you know, um, I started to kind of ask the question, is like, who is the lonely? You know, that's kind of just like where this kind of started to, to stem from. Who is the lonely? I mean, is it really, um, who battles with this? You know, is it like the elderly is it, is it widows? Is it, is it kids that have, you know, maybe been into foster care? Is it orphans? Is it, you know, who is it? And the reality of it is I just, I just see that this is an area that we all deal with in, in one way or another. Uh, it impacts us all. The, the lonely is something that, that just, it, it impacts us all. And here's what I honestly believe. I've said it, and I'm going to say it about 10 more times today at least. But I believe that God wants to change your world. 
I just believe that God wants to change your world in 2019 and the years to come. God is so big. God is so able. He's so mighty and powerful. And and I don't think that sometimes when we come to hear a message or we come to worship that, that we really grab that. I mean, Scripture says that, that in, in his throne room that it's just filled with smoke and his glory and his eyes are like fire and the, and the sound of his mouth is like rushing oceans. I mean, this is a big God. He, he doesn't just want these, these small changes that don't last in our life. He wants to change us from the inside out. As we recognize what he did for us through his son, Jesus Christ, we just realize that we have to be changed from that. It changes the way that we talk. It changes what we look at. It changes how we are relational. It changes the way we wear our wedding rings. It changes how we are in traffic. It just changes us. Here's what I honestly believe if that overwhelms you this morning and you don't know where you're at with God. Is that God loves you right where you are at. Sin and all. Scripture says that we've all fallen short, that there's not one human being on earth that has not sinned. Interesting. So we're all guilty. It says when we were his enemies, that he chose to die on a cross for our sin. So if you came in here with a bunch of baggage and you're like, yeah, but you don't know, I had a relationship with God before, and I've just fallen away, and you just, you don't know my thoughts, and like, what's been going on in my life? You're right, I absolutely don't, but God does. And I, I just see over and over and over in his word, grace and truth. And the grace is a free gift that we don't deserve, and we can't earn. He just loves you where you're at. Died for you when you were his enemy. And the truth is, is that he doesn't want to leave you where you're at. He wants you to grow. And so I just believe this one solid principle this year is what I'm believing in my life. I'm believing it for you. I'm praying this, is that God wants to change your world. Not just a little bit. He's going to rattle you. You're welcome that I'm praying that for you. (laughs) No, but he's going to rattle you. And it starts with us just taking a deep look at some of these issues that I believe the church needs to be the solution for. Racism reconciled. Right? Loving the widows and the orphans. Hungry. You know, the, the lonely today is what we're talking about. Because as I was looking into this, you know, and we, when we kind of asked, like, who is the lonely? Who's, who is uh, kind of burdened with this, like the loneliness? And, 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 you know, we realize that each and every one of us are touched with this in some way, shape, or form. And some of us are, it's just deeply honest right now. And, and the, the kind of the phrase that I have or the wordage that I just want us to think of is that I'm really talking about relational poverty. Okay, relational poverty. And I'll explain that a little bit. You know, I think a lot of us, you know, um, maybe you're like me and you're a Lions fan living in Minnesota. That's a lonely world to live in. I mean, neither team is good. They all disappoint us, so we understand each other. But, you know, you wear shoes like this and you get kind of taunted and nobody likes you kind of thing. But... um, but on a more real note, I mean, maybe you're sit, you know, you, you know how it feels to sit in a crowded room and just feel absolutely by yourself, absolutely alone. And maybe, maybe you know uh, you're, you're the stay-at-home mom 
and you just feel like you're closed off from the world. You just have these like little rugrats running around and, you know, they're supposed to keep you company, but it's just like you just feel closed off. You just feel alone. It starts to maybe feel guilty because you're supposed, you know, like how can I feel like this when I have my family, things like that, right? This impacts us all. Maybe you just work around a, a lot of people, but you don't have one single close friend. That's tough and that's real. Maybe you're a college student, you're surrounded by others in a dorm, but you just, you're not fitting in, you feel like that square peg in a round hole, you're not really into the stuff that everybody else is around you, you just feel different, you feel alone. I mean, we we can continue to go on. Maybe you're a successful business leader, you are like at the top of your game, but you have zero people to talk to. You just feel like, I don't have anybody that understands what I'm going through, Maybe you're in this dysfunctional marriage and you just feel alone. You just feel alone. We can all deal with these things. We all understand this. Maybe somebody close to you like Aaron has just died and you just feel empty, alone. This impacts us all. And I think one of the best ways to just kind of start to, to wrap our mind around this relational poverty is to really kind of just get a little bit of understanding of financial poverty. It really helps us translate and understand. Because financial poverty is really lacking material uh, and wealth to meet our daily needs. Right? I mean, that's how we would kind of, I mean, everybody would have their own little way of defining it. But if we were going to define financial poverty, we would say it's lack of material Right? It's lack of, of what we need to meet our daily needs, our, the material specifically. This helps us understand this relational poverty because what relational poverty is, it's really re- lacking that support system to help us function daily. And all those things that we just mentioned, and there's many ways, you know, it's, it's this lack of love, this lack of empathy around you, this lack of support, you know, someone just to listen, someone to share a story with. Let me tell you what happened yesterday, right? We just find ourselves, it's, we're just lacking the support system to, to function, in this daily life. And this happens for many different reasons. We find ourselves there for many ways. But I think the reason that it's kind of more of an epidemic, if we all would really just be honest, the reason that it's more of an epidemic is there's many reasons, but a few I wrote down is number one is the breakdown of families. Listen, if you are here and you're a broken family, oh my goodness, you are in the, you're in the right place. Don't feel shame in this. This is not here to, to point any kind of fingers or anything. God loves you right where you are. He doesn't want to leave you where you are. We are all here. We are we are all, uh, you know, we wear the shirt, join the mess, because we are all messy people. Life happens. In fact, Jesus promised that we'd have trouble in this world. So yay, welcome to church and be encouraged. But the breakdown of families, it, it, leaves, us, it leaves us lonely where we just deal with things in that, Right? Uh, another one is the increased mobility. People just aren't staying in the same area anymore. We're all kind of dancing around and moving around and, and trying to figure things out. That, that really is tough to really get solid relationships, right? You can feel lonely in that, especially like college students. You know, you've been at home your whole life, and now you're just kind of, it's cool and it's fun, but you're kind of ripped out from that norm, and maybe you're living in a different city, that type of thing, you know. It's like it, it can be heavy. It can be um, lonely, Another thing is heavy workloads. Do you realize that just recently, and I don't know how many years this has been, but actually like probably within like the last 20, 
it has shifted from where our culture would say that you're successful the busier you are. Like 20 years ago, the way that you would measure success is how, how light your schedule was. But I mean, I hear people, you know, it's like you sit down, you're having your cup of coffee. It's like, oh boy, you know, I had a game yesterday <laughs> in the weather and then I had to change a tire and I had to work nine hours. And it's like, I want to just say, whoa, I, I, I can't wait for the day that I just say like, yeah, I played switch with my son yesterday and uh, didn't move off the couch because I didn't have anything. Got all my work done, 40 hours this week. But it is different. Like we have these heavy workloads and that's kind of what our culture is. It's like the busier you are, the more important or successful you feel, but it's a recipe for loneliness. We're just not relational in that area. Um, one also, too, and this is no, you know, parents, don't get me wrong, I'm not trying to get your kids off social media or anything like that. There's a lot of positives about social media, but there is studies on social media that will actually post something, and we keep going back looking for likes, and when they're not there, it, it does something in us. And what they're saying is it actually is this delayed loneliness that we have. It actually produces loneliness in some of us, um, that we just, we're, we're looking for that. So there's many, many reasons, and I wanted to paint that picture that there's many reasons of this loneliness. We can understand that people around us, maybe the person sitting next to you this morning feels this way for a number of different reasons. Maybe it's you. So the question has to be, if we're going to be a group of believers, if we're going to be a local church that's tied into this global church and we're going to serve our purpose, then we have to start being the solution for some of this. And we have to answer the question, how do we love the lonely? Seriously, any answers out there? Because I don't know where to go from here. I'm just kind of winging it. I'm kidding. Um, the, the answer would be, you know, there, there really is a, a number of answers. We're going to go into a few of them, but honestly, I just think it has to start with prayer. And I, I think that this, you know, prayer oftentimes is our last resort. It really needs to be our first line of defense and offense. Prayer is everything. It aligns us with God's heart. It aligns us. It just gets us in, a, in the right posture, if you will, of understanding who God is and who we are. It gets our hearts in the, in the right lane every day to maybe have our head on a swivel and realize there's people in need around us. Helps us kind of look inwardly and see maybe some things that we need to work on. So prayer has to be it. And so one more time, I just, I want to say a prayer as we go into these next few points here. And um, I would just like to take some time to pray. But I want you guys to be thinking as we step into prayer. I want you to be thinking about who in your life, who do you know? Ask God to give you a name or a person or a face who may be lonely in your life that you can impact. Because we have to put this into action. You know, you came today, you're welcome. Now you're, it's, it's not homework, but we got to put this into action. Because if we don't put this into action, then there'll never be change. And we're just kind of coming and we're going through motions. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to do that. I want to change myself. I want God to change my world from the inside out. So let's pray. We got to ask him, Lord, we understand that you have a heart for people. Even those of us here that maybe just don't know you, we, we recognize that much, is that you're just a God that loves people. And so we just pray that you give us the eyes to see those hurting. And Lord, give us the, eye, uh, give us the heart to care for those that are hurting. 
It's so easy to go forward in our busy lives and our mobile lives and just not recognize that. Lord, I pray that you bring somebody to our minds, someone even possibly two seats down from us that no one knows. Someone at the office that's getting overlooked, a grandma, a grandpa that's lost a husband. Maybe there's a teenager out there that's just not fitting in. Just, Lord, bring somebody to our mind and our hearts. Show us who you want us to impact. And then give us the courage to step forward in that. Help us in these next few moments to maybe learn some steps to take forward and and do that and accomplish that. We want to be your church. We want to be your church in motion, moving forward towards your purpose. Thank you. We pray this in your name. Amen. So one of the first ways, you know, that that I just want to talk about is, is, you know, how do we love the lonely? How do we love the lonely? I... (laughs) This is going to need some explanation. But the first way is that we love them with touch. We love them with touch. I know that's a weird one to throw out there. I had like some guys like, eh? like that kind of thing. We love with touch. And I just want to share some scripture with you right now because this is, this is just so powerful when you really recognize this uh, picture. It's Matthew 8, 2. It says, a man with leprosy came, knelt before Jesus and said, He didn't ask a question right here. He made a statement. I love this. It says, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. He didn't say, Jesus, if you're willing, will you make me clean? He said, I know who you are. I know who you say you are. And I believe who you are, that you're the Savior, that you're the Messiah, that you're a healer, that you're a provider. And if you're willing, heal me. I know you can. I I love that approach. I'm going to start approaching Jesus a little bit more that way. Instead of kind of the like, oh, you know, if you want to kind of heal my heart and stuff. It's like, God, I know you can. You are mighty and you are powerful and you love me. And you promise never to leave me or forsake me. I know you can heal me. It's an interesting way. So we can learn a lot from this leper. But what's interesting about leprosy, I mean, honestly, I was going to show pictures and I'm not trying to be funny. They were just, I, no way, no way. I, I, oh, it's brutal, and it's, it's so brutal. So leprosy is just not very common these days, but in these times it was. In fact, it was so common that there was actually, like, Levitical law that said how you deal with somebody with leprosy. Yeah, I mean, it was just, there, there, it was a very common thing. And what you have to understand about leprosy, if it was untreated, left untreated, and it was very hard to treat back in these days, is that you had a lifespan from the time that you, you got it, you had a lifespan of about 10 years. That's if you're lucky, okay? Leprosy, it starts with like fatigue and pain in your joints. If you have that right now, it could just be arthritis. I'm not Mr. WebMD right here, you know what I mean? Don't get scared. You might want to get checked out, I don't know. Um, But then it would turn into these scaly spots that would just develop all over your body. And, and they, would, they would actually start to fill with pus. I know everybody say, yeah, me. I know, right? Um, but this was leprosy. And eventually they would, they would open up. Then it would go to your vocal cords. After that fun business, it would go to your vocal cords and it would actually deteriorate your vocal cords and change how somebody sounded. 
So it wasn't bad enough that you had all these sores and open sores and all kinds of nastiness going on. It would attack your vocal cords. Then the final thing, your, your cheekbones would actually start to swell. And so they, it would disfigure your face and you'd get like long or you'd get kind of very different side looking on your face. Just very, uh, just in, incredibly painful and gross kind of disease to be honest with you. It was just something that, that you didn't want to go by somebody because it wasn't even just that it looked bad, but these open sores, it was really your body decaying before you died. And so it had a smell along with it. And I know that was gross, but you have to understand how Jesus repl- re- replies to this. I mean, the, the people around these lepers would scream at them, especially the, the, the religious people. They would actually, if a, if a leper came in the room or they would go by one, they would have to say, unclean, and just stay away. Unclean, like, can't be by them. But then we see Jesus approach this in a completely different way. And it's very interesting. So you move on to Matthew 8, 3, and it says, Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. Immediately, he was cleansed of his leprosy. Now, if anybody in here has ever read anything about Jesus, we know that there was even a soldier that came up to Jesus one time and said, hey, my son's sick and he's miles away, but I know you, just by speaking a word, he will be healed, and he was. Jesus didn't have to stand up, get off his mat, and go to that boy's house, touch him, and he was healed. Jesus, there's, there's power in his words. He's the living word. There's, there's power there. He didn't, he didn't have to do that. But he takes this leper and he reaches out and he touches him. Why would Jesus do that? See, these are the things I think about when I read Bible. I don't know if you guys do, but it's like, Jesus, why are you doing that? There was no hand sanitizer at this point in time. I don't think so anyhow. Some perfume, maybe some thieves, something like that. He could have done a number of things. So why did Jesus touch him? Because you love the lonely with touch. Perhaps the reason Jesus touched him is because the leper didn't just need a healing of this disease. I mean, that would have been great. But the leper needed to be healed from the inside out. He needed his world to be changed. He needed his world to be changed from the inside out and touched and loved in his rejection. Can you imagine the rejection? I mean, just imagine you're walking down the road, and you know, we've all forgot deodorant once in a while, right? It's happened to the best of us. And people are just like, unclean, and they're like just skipping across the other side, or you're walking through the mall, you know, or everybody at Jersey Mike's, which by the way is the best sub place here. If you ever want to go, just ask me. I love it. And you know, you're standing in line, and all of a sudden everybody clears out, you know, and you're looking around. Like, how embarrassing. How embarrassing that would be. How rejected would you feel? I mean, that's kind of a funny illustration. I get it. But if everywhere you went, people just wouldn't even acknowledge you and they just go as far away from you. Maybe some of you feel like that here this morning. And look what Jesus does. He reaches out a hand and he touches that rejected person. He didn't have to. He could have just said, be healed. And he would have been. That's the power of Jesus. But he chose to touch him. This is something that we want to learn and we are in this local church. 
you know, we, we're, we're not going to greet you at the front door and just kind of like embrace you with a hug if we don't know you. I mean, that's really kind of in the bubble of somebody. We get that. But as we get to know you, yeah, we're not afraid. We're huggers here, right? We're like, you know, Toy Story, the Sir Hugs a lot. What's the pink bear? I don't even know his name. He smells like strawberries. This is where my mind goes. But um, he, uh, you know, we are a church that loves to hug. We want to shake your hand. We want to give you knucks. I mean, most of you probably experienced that in some way this morning. Because we believe that the lonely don't just need to be healed from some kind of disease, but they need to be healed and there's power in a touch. Jesus knew that and we learned that. So we're going to be the hugging church. We're going to throw that on a billboard. Nobody will come, but it's going to be really cool. Another way, so we're going we're gonna to be a, ter- a church that, that hugs. We're going to be a church that, that loves one another through a handshake, a greeting, a real greeting, locking of an eye, smiling, because that changes people. That changes people. Number two is uh, you love by listening. Oh, my goodness, I wish I could preach this stuff and just have it all figured out for you guys. I really do. But this area, I'm like, I'm preparing this, and I'm like, oh, man, like, this is just shameful moment. I am horrible at this. I'm, I'm, I'm just telling you, I am horrible at this. And you guys probably know, some of you have talked to me. But most people don't listen with the intent to understand. This is me raising my hands right now. I'll take, I'll take the bullet here this morning. Most people listen with the intent to reply. I am that guy. Oh, I, I was annoyed at myself when I realized this, right? Most people don't listen with the intent to, to, to just understand. They, they're just waiting to reply. When you're talking to me, I am trying, I promise you, but I am like five steps ahead of you, like, yep, I'm gonna say this, I'm gonna say that. And half of what you're saying is like not really being heard all the time. I'm just being honest with you, okay? I struggle in this area. Pray for me. It's good. But we need to be people that, that listen intently and try to understand. You know, I think that we can actually look at that just on a little bit more of a serious note. We can see that in our culture. I mean, I'm not, I don't get political. My dad told me to stay out of business and politics when I became a pastor. Then he's like, you'll be okay. Just don't bring those two things up, so I won't. But let's be honest. When we think about, like, our country's leaders, do we see trying to understand and listening, or do we see debating just, I'm going to lock into my end, I'm going to lock into my end, and we're just going to butt heads, and nothing's ever going to happen? Okay, you guys don't have to answer that, but that's what I see. It's just nothing gets done. Nothing gets done. I've seen marriages do the same thing. We're just going to debate. I'm going to tell you why I'm right, I'm going to tell you why I'm right, I'm going to tell you why you're wrong, I'm going to tell you why you're wrong, and then they just butt heads. But if we listen with the intent to understand things start to change in us. Nobody wanted to hear that one today. I don't know. Let's just keep moving. There's two guys walking along before I read this uh, next passage of Scripture, and Jesus had just been crucified. Um, their, their friend, somebody that they believed was a Messiah that was going to be the Savior, in, in their mind is dead. They're trying to figure this out. They're, they're literally depressed, devastated, lonely. Our world is rocked. What we thought was going to happen didn't. And here old Jesus comes up. And there's a little bit of humor in this too if you really see it. This is in Luke 24, 17 and 19. It says, Jesus asked them. So here the guys are walking along. Jesus comes up beside them. So asks them, uh, what are you discussing together as you walk along? Because that's a normal question. They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them named uh, 
say the word for me. We're calling him Big C. I don't even know how to pronounce that this morning. Um, Asked him, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? So there's this whole big thing happening. They're asking Jesus. And what I love about how he responds to this is Jesus, like, it's Jesus. They just don't realize that because they think Jesus is dying. He could have been like, hey, it's me, you know, like just totally like had a lot of fun with them, right? And I know I scared people in front row. But he could have had like a blast with them. But, but he doesn't do that. He, he listens to them and he just says, what things? Because he understands like sometimes people just need to be heard. They're, they're not looking for the answer. He is the answer. He could have just shocked them and said, here I am, ooh, you know, and it totally freaked them out. But he wanted them to walk through the process. He wanted to talk with them. He wanted to have a conversation. He wanted to hear from them, like, what things are happening? What's going on in your life? And so we want to be, be a church, yes. We want to be a church that, that hugs you at the front door, shakes your hand, right, whatever, right? We, we want to be the, the church that loves you with touch. We're not scared to be those people. But we also want to take that a step further, and we don't want to just welcome you like, how are you doing this morning? I mean, that happens a lot. But we want to take it a step further and say, you know, what's your name? Where do you work? How's your week going? Just ask that one more question. Maybe they ask, you know, like, oh, what kind of groups do you have here? And instead of just going on to, like, this long list, if you will, like connecting and stuff, just say, like, well, how do you, how do you like to connect with a group of people? And all of a sudden, you just get to know them a little bit more, a little bit more. You see how Jesus does that with listening? I wonder what would happen, I wonder what would happen in our relationships if we just ask just a couple more questions. Instead of always having the answer, instead of trying to defend or trying to go on the offense, what if we just ask the question, why are you feeling like that right now? Why is this hard for you to understand? Why did you do this one thing? Like, whatever, I don't know. But really have the conversation with the idea to understand and gain understanding of the next person. Because here's what I know. This is just what I know. This one's a free one today. When we meet Jesus and we stand before him, he's not going to look at you and say, I know all the people I put around you were super hard to deal with. I, I know that the spouse I gave you, they, they were just totally rough and... And I get it. I get why you just never listened. I get why you never had a conversation. I get why you treated him the way you did. He's not going to say that. He's going to ask you the question, what did you do with the gift of the people that I put around you? And then you're going to have to answer for that. This is something that we have to take charge of as the church. We have to be the solution. We have to try and try and try and try again to get this right. We have to get this right. This is hard for everybody. And if you really want to know the word listen in there, if you move the letters around, actually has the word silent in there too. Believe me, this one was a between the eyes for me this week. I do this to my wife all the time. I always have the answers when I don't really have the answers. Some people don't want you to fix something. They just want to be heard. They simply want to know that you're just trying to understand and you care. You would not believe what can be fixed in that. 
So we're going to be a church that hugs and shakes hands. We're going to be a church that listens with the, with the response of wanting to understand. Ask some questions. Yes, your pastor didn't know how to read a name today. You can give me a hard time later. Love with time. We're finishing up here. Love with time. Jesus was always going somewhere, and what's interesting, when you really read in Scripture, he was never rushed. In fact, there was this one scene where he's having a, a similar kind of study like we're doing right now. All right, this isn't really a study, but like conversation, kind of a Bible study with friends, and there was people lined up out the door. And these three men hear of this, and they're like, we got to get to Jesus, because just like that leper, they're like, listen, I know that Jesus can heal our friend. They had a friend that was crippled, laying in a mat. Some of you guys understand the story or have heard this story. And they're like, we got to get to him. So they grab their crippled friend, they haul him down to this building, they realize we cannot get in there. So they do what any normal human being do, and they climb up on top of the roof, and they start ripping the roof apart, right? Can you imagine if that happened right now? We're just going to hear a jackhammer, you know, totally interrupting what Jesus is doing. Like, how rude, right? And they lower this man in a mat that's crippled right in front of Jesus. And Jesus didn't say, you know, push him aside and say, nope, I'm, I'm doing something right now. He stopped everything. He, he didn't say, hey, you caught me in the second point of my three points that I was going to make here today. He stopped everything. And he says, Pick up your mat and walk. And by all means, get going home. So the man picked up his mat and he walked out of there. Jesus took the time. He stopped. He stopped. He was in the middle of his work. Jesus had three years of ministry on this earth. I mean, he grew up here, but I mean, like, real ministry. And that was in his time to impact the world. He stopped to heal this man. Take the time. You love the lonely with time. You love the lonely with touch. You love the lonely through listening. I was, uh, Thanksgiving, we, we did this family reunion back in Michigan. My grandpa's 94 years old. He's an awesome guy. Um, but we've just kind of like lost touch since my grandma died, things like that. And he has this basement where he has, like, all these pictures and his life story, and it's just an awesome thing. I mean, like, anybody gets a chance to go talk to, like, a 90-year-old guy, do it. There's just, like, cool stories, right? And so he's, he's walking me through there, and he's telling me a couple stories about, like, when he was a pilot and just things like that. And he's like, you know, he's 94. He's on his last leg. He just is. And he's like, you know, I really don't regret that I didn't get a chance to finish building that house that I wanted to build. He's like, I really don't regret that my business kind of shut down before I wanted it to because he had this, like, service gas station, super successful, but it closed a little sooner than he wanted, and then they demolished it, the people that bought it. He's like, I don't regret that. I don't regret that I didn't travel enough. You know, I, I went down to Florida here and there. He just regretted that he didn't have more time with the people that he cared with, cared about. That's something that you just can't get back. That was just something really powerful to me that I definitely will remember. And, and um, I didn't just regret that for him. I regretted that for me too. And the positive thing that I have is that my grandpa's still alive. So I've been taking the time to give him a call on the phone and, and just try to, you know, tell him I love him, tell him I care. I'm, I'm really glad that he said that to me because I have a chance to love him a little better. 
I, I may have just kind of let months go by like they were, and then maybe I would have had regrets. So you love people with time. Jesus did that. And the question is, what if it's you? What if you feel alone? In a minute here, we're going to take communion. I just want to tell you that. Um, you don't have to feel obligated to take that. This is a time where I would just say, as, we're, as I'm talking through the next things here, just kind of maybe examine your heart, just kind of get right with God. Make sure there's just nothing hindering you there. This is a time to just remember him and, and be committed with him and, and think of him. Um, we're going to do that here in a few minutes. But if this is you, you know, we, we know how we respond to people. We know how we want to respond to the world. So we want to love them with touch. Not complete strangers either. Don't go up to somebody in Walmart and throw your arm around them. You're going to get thrown in jail or something. Pastor Josh should not tell you to do that. You love them with touch. You love them with listening, right? You love them with time. And if it's you here today that feels alone, I just got to tell you some truth. You're not an accident. You are on purpose because Jeremiah 29, 11 says that God has plans for your life, that he has plans of a good future to prosper you, not to harm you. You're on purpose. There's scripture that says he knows every hair on your head. He recognized in creation that it wasn't good for us to be alone. He's put people around us. He doesn't want you to feel this loneliness that you're feeling. But the truth of it is, is that in this life we'll have trouble and we'll have that relational poverty. And, and even though our, our family may leave us and our friends may forsake us, God never will. That's, sometimes innocent people get caught in the crossfires of evil. And just bad things happen to us and relationships break down and it's not always your fault. But God wants you to know, don't, don't view him through that lens. Because he has promised to be there for you. He has promised that he's loved you and he's given you a way to come back into relationship with him through faith in Jesus Christ who has died for your sins and given you this grace. So amazing. We care about you. The whole purpose that this church has opened up today is that we might connect somebody with God and we might connect somebody with a church family. We care about you. We get a lot of things wrong, I promise you that. It's not easy. We make mistakes, we're learning, we have to change things up. We have to get better. But we care for you. And more importantly, God cares for you. And he's made promises like this in Isaiah 41.10. It says, do not be afraid, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. Yes, I will uphold you with the right hand of my righteousness. God is for you. And if God is for you, who can be against you? God loves you. He wants to hold you up if you would let him. Thanks again for listening to the Engaged Church Duluth podcast. If you enjoy learning with us and want to be notified when a new episode drops, subscribe to this podcast in iTunes and help us get the word out by rating us there. And then share us on social media with all of your friends. 
And don't forget, you can find more resources on our website and even watch the video version of this message. We can't wait to connect with you again next week.